Welcome to Planners for the Planet. We are your hosts, Candice Tulsaram and Natalie Lowe, self-proclaimed eco-warriors, climate optimists, and passionate event professionals. Tune in as we talk to a wide variety of event and environmental professionals for practical information and inspiration on how to reduce your impact on the environment and become a more sustainable event professional. This podcast is delivered in bite-sized chunks to help you digest the information and expand your knowledge on climate action in a way that doesn't overwhelm you. Excited today, I would say, Candice, because one of our favorite people is with us, Jeffrey Fair of Tourism yes. Saskatoon. We Hello. love Jeffrey. We oh, adopted him you. many months ago, and he can never leave. It yeah. is my new. It is my new favorite family. So thank you so much for having me. I'm very. I'm look, I was looking forward to this. So thank you very much for having me. Oh, uh, we were looking forward to it too. We were on another call today, and I, we were talking about good things. And I was like, we get to talk to Jeffrey today. Oh, so, you flatter me. Thank you so much. Yeah, you know me better than that. If I wasn't looking <laughs> forward true. to talking to you, I'd have told you. But we really are. So it's not flattery. It's just hard truth. Let's start. Yeah. Jeffrey, Hello. tell us a bit about Jeffrey. <laughs> yes, absolutely. Um, so my name is Jeffrey Fair. I live in Saskatoon, Saskatchewan, born and raised um, around here, well, in a small town, um, just 15 minutes outside of the city. I currently am with Tourism Saskatoon, um, which is how I first met Candace and in, in turn, uh, you, Natalie. So uh, I've been with Tourism Saskatoon for about a year and a half. Um, so to say it's been a crazy year and a half would be a colossal <laughs> understatement. Um, but it's, I mean, it's been, it's been so great and I've learned so much. When I first started, uh, I was on the meetings and events side of things. Um, so that's when me and uh, Candace had met at an industry event. Uh, and then with COVID happenings, we could kind of rearrange some things. And I am now working in travel trade. So working with tour operators and travel agents, so more on the, the leisure side. Um, of travel, but it's really interesting to seeing how sustainability can be woven into all lines of business. So it's kind of cool seeing um, both kind of both kind of perspectives uh, on yeah. the sustainability and, and just what it all means to tourism because tourism is such a large industry um, that it's great that the conversation's happening in, in all lines of those businesses. Yeah, yeah, I I would agree. I actually started in travel trade, Jeff. Oh, I didn't um, know that. Yeah, yeah. So like I've been to more ABA, OMCA, like you name it. Um, uh, Niagara just being a really big uh, bus tour yes. area. So yeah. Uh, yeah, rendezvous, been there, done that many, many times. So uh, yeah, I'm I just had my first rendezvous last month. Um, so obviously it was virtual um, and it was it was great. It was interesting because obviously with virtual, all the different um, time zones. So it was open 24 hours. So some people were doing meetings at three in the morning, oh, six wow. in the morning. Um, so it was uh, it was quite the experience, but I mean, really great to, to connect with just everyone in the industry, especially being kind of new into into that role. Yeah. Um, and I mean, it was really, really cool to see like I knew sustainability would be a large piece of that of, of moving forward but it came up in almost every every one of my calls really um, it did it, it did for sure and it, it is a lot of the countries um so for instance the the japanese market um very interested in in sustainability and, and they're doing their work with their sdgs um and really moving forward i feel as a, a destination or a brand um mm -hmm. if you're not looking at sustainability i think you're going to be 
be missing the mark. So it's great that that uh, conversation is coming up more. That's oh. a refreshing to hear, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. We couldn't agree more. Um, and, and I agree with you. What we noticed immediately was that the international salespeople in the corporate and convention markets were being asked sustainability questions far more than the domestic market sellers were. So we'd certainly noticed that. And yeah. we we kind of threw you in at the deep end on the sustainability thing, though, because the first thing I think we really asked you to do was to be on our hybrid events team for, for the sure. moonshot. <laughs> so I, I was that we were involved with uh, the event that you did this past um, October, um, and that's right. kind of what really brought me into my I'm going to call it a sustainability journey. I don't like that term, but for the lack of a better word. Um, and, and that's kind of what, what first got me on that path. And then, yeah, the hybrid event, um, just this past winter, which was an eye-opening experience, um, to say the very least. Um, so I really appreciate, um, the opportunity to work on those and and learn from you two very passionate individuals. Um, so it's been great. I'm, I'm loving it. It's good. It's good. No, I know a ton of us, I was on one of the teams for that Moonshot event and I know going into it. I learned a ton coming out of it from the fellow team members we had. And you had some great ideas. You brought some good stuff to the table on the hybrid team. And one of those, um, you know, the the activities or the result that came out of that was a green team over at Tourism Saskatoon that you had been involved in. Um, so we're really curious to know and tell us a bit more about that green team and what you're working on now, how you guys are progressing with it. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so that's something that we're, we're working with in our organization. Um, one thing that I've definitely learned is, and, and we've talked about this, is just how big of and kind of an issue and how, how many things there are to tackle. So to kind of focus that onto what actionable items for now and, and into the future. Um, so one thing we've been working with, um, with a company to help develop our, our sustainable development goals, our SDGs, so that we can really, it's almost like a like an audit first of what we're doing, because that's the the thing that I've found is sometimes you're already doing things, but you don't necessarily know or be able to piece it together. Um, and it, definitely an area that I find of interest is obviously the environmental impact that is so important, climate change, um, but the different kind of realm of sustainability, um, you know, inequalities, um, socially um, sustainable. Um, so it's cool looking at that from not necessarily just the um, the kind of the, the green side of it, but as a kind of holistic, sustainable approach, um, which has been mm-hmm. really, really great. And then with that, we're actually working um, with some of our partners to help them develop their, their SDGs um, for moving forward for that um, the United Nations 2030 yeah. uh, kind of plan and, and watching um, them kind of take that on in that realization of, well, it's funny watching them because I had the same thing. It's like, wow, this is a big a big topic and there's a lot to do, but having these actionable items, like the one is zero hunger, good health and well-being, mm-hmm. and be able to really focus that, yeah. uh, I find has been really cool to watch yeah. with our partners. And then just the collaboration uh, as well. And, and one of the SDGs that really stands out to me is number 17, the partnerships mm-hmm. for the goals. Cause I feel like that's kind of what a role of, of the DMO can play is connecting these pieces. It's like, okay, you're doing this great. Maybe if you two work together or some knowledge sharing there, um, so it's been, it's been great. I mean, it's a long road ahead and I think yeah. it's always going to be a road. I don't think we're ever going to be like, we're done, you know, yeah. <laughs> we have yeah. tackled sustainability. So it's, uh, 
continuous improvement. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. I like what you had to say, Jeffrey, because sometimes what Candace and I have found is that there are pockets and I'm sure it happens in every industry where, um, you you know, people's egos really got into the conversation. And one of the things that I know being a DMC is that you're always working on behalf of other people. You're always trying to make your partners look good because they in turn make you look good. And so we agree with you. We think that destination management organizations are going to be a huge portion of that. We've always stressed, um, you know, the cities and towns are taking the brunt of climate change effects. And so they really need to be brought into that conversation. And I agree with you, you know, you're like the orchestra for, for the rest of the, uh, or you're like the conductor for the rest for of the, the orchestra. orchestra. And, yeah. you know, it's, it's so key that we get people working in, in one direction and not, you know, n- not arguing about who's doing it best, because at the end of the day, we're not going to save a piece of the planet. We're, we're, it's all or nothing. So, you know, we're all in it. And I wanted to talk to you a little bit about that because one of the things that we're hearing and that I'm picking up is that the prairies in Canada are actually going to be some of the hardest hit when it comes to feeling the effects of climate change, primarily because bodies of water tend to be mediating effects and, and it's, you know, a lot of flat, dry, dry land. And so when you and I first talked a couple of months ago, um, Jeffrey, we found there were so many great things going on in Saskatoon, so many brilliant partnerships and people sort of working on it. How have you found the sustainability culture and the the experts in Saskatoon? I find them really great. And, and like I said, it's still, I mean, I'm on this, this kind of learning journey and still kind of new into it. So definitely leaning on, you know, other people's um, expertise, but it, it seems like it's a very collaborative um, group, which is really, really great to see um, the partnership with the, obviously the University of Saskatchewan. Um, they're doing so much. They have their Office of Sustainability, yeah. uh, and then they're also their Global Institute for Water Security and Food Security, um, which is all great. And they're, they're great um, kind of knowledge shares. Another uh, interesting kind of partnership that we have developed is with the Saskatoon Food Council. Um, so another a thing of being, you know, the prairies, and you mentioned um, the, the kind of the farmland and the, the agriculture. Um, so working with the, the Saskatoon Food Council for, for obviously the sustainable sustainability initiatives, but then also working with them, um, we're working to create a social enterprise that's going to act as a food tour operator, but with having that kind of holistic approach. Uh, and that's another area that I find really interesting is that kind of more experiential tourism. Um, and I, yeah. I mean, Saskatoon doesn't have a problem right now with over-tourism, but I mean, it's a huge problem yeah. um, in a lot of destinations worldwide. And, and you know, maybe it's shifting that instead of, you know, where you go to 14 cities and check off the list and get off the bus and take a picture, it's you stay at one place longer and really get to know that community. And, and the culture, right? Because, yeah. I mean, you can't experience a city in a day. You can check off a couple things. Um, but to, to kind of create these experiences that really immerse you um, and then connecting that with the locals because supporting the local is so important. And that's yeah. such a big part of sustainability mm-hmm. um, as well. So it's it, that partnership's been been really, really great uh, as well. It's all about that collaboration you mentioned mm-hmm. before with that SDG goal, right? Absolutely. And, you know, from, I'm hearing you speak it from a destination perspective and as a planner, I mean, those are the destinations such as Saskatoon that we would look to that would be more attractive in our eyes as planners 
um, when sending out RFPs for big conferences because here's a destination that has taken the time to do the work, um, you know, get the data, partner with the right people. And you're making our jobs as planners, really, it's just a no-brainer to choose you, let's say, over a less sustainable destination um, because you're connecting in the pieces of the puzzle at that destination between the cities and municipalities and providing us with what we need to produce more responsible events. And, and you know, similarly for a tourism, from a tourism perspective, for responsible tourism is showing us how we can be better travelers um, and leave the place that you're visiting in a better place, you know, a better way, not worse off than you found it. Yeah. So those and are I, admirable. I, totally, yeah, Jeff, I cannot I, agree more. Sorry, Jeff, I think I'm hearing Candace say we might be having a TSEF forum in Saskatoon sometime soon. Is that what you're <laughs> hearing? Twist my arm, we will do it. <laughs> um, but it's it's great that you mentioned that too, Candace, because that's one thing I learned um, with the, the Moonshot project is to do a sustainable event, it has to be start with the destination selection. Because mm-hmm. if yep. they're not doing that work, it's going to be super hard to bring that in at a later um, planning phase. Yeah. And another thing that's, um, that's kind of interesting to think of the, the business event side of things. And I mean, I'm a bit removed from that, but I'm still work with our, um, our business development team, um, is having these options for these really authentic experiences for the delegates for their posts pre and post. So they're not just coming for two days and leaving, right. They're coming for longer and really experiencing the community. So bringing that into the the meetings and events and also then to um, to kind of encourage travel in a responsible way, um, yeah. but still to get them, them out uh, to the destinations and a- attending these events. One of the things that we sometimes forgot when we were busy running around selling all of these bus tours is that these people were being invited to be guests in somebody else's home, right? Yeah. A, a tourist to Niagara is is coming to to my home area and i think that you know we need to look at it more like that we've often talked about the art of hospitality but i think sometimes we've left the residents of that destination out of that equation outside of an economic or employment perspective and um i i think we need to come back to a more fulsome concept and tourism's done a better job of that than business events have right homestay and farm mm-hmm. stay programs have been around for a while but i think it's time to expand them and um but i know one of the things that we loved actually and thank you for reminding me about the summit you did for the summit this incredible basket of all of these incredible sustainable products that were actually made in Saskatoon or or near there within the province and I was wondering if you would tell us what you chose and a little bit about, you know, there's some booming sustainable entrepreneurship going on in Saskatoon. Absolutely. Yeah, that was really fun to put together. Uh, and that one I worked with SAS Made. Um, so they're um, a local store that is kind of your connection to all the makers and producers in Saskatoon and Saskatchewan. Um, so in that one, we had beeswax food wraps, um, roasted chickpeas, raw honey, um, foraged mushroom tea, uh, and amongst a few other things. And, and it's a really great, um, and I, I feel like it's been great to see over the past year that really support for local, I feel like has been amplified. Um, and it's it's definitely becoming, um, that's something people are kind of doing more than I think that they were before. Uh, there's another um, business that's similar like that, which is the Little Market Box uh, here in Saskatoon. And again, it's 
you can do all your grocery shopping there and it's all um, with local producers and everything so fresh and amazing. Um, so it's super cool to, to kind of have that because it's all connecting the pieces, right? It, we can have amazing producers, but if it's not accessible to people, Absolutely. then it's kind of misses the mark. Absolutely. Um, I mean, we, we have some amazing um, partners doing some great things too. Um, Black Fox Farm and Distillery. Um, they're a, obviously a distillery here and they grow 90% of what goes into their their product and I mean sustainability is just woven into everything they do and they make amazing gin and whiskey so I'm a bit biased because I <laughs> we're all about sustainable drinking around here okay yeah it's no, almost sorry. gin and tonic season guys a hundred percent and it's funny because I think I'm actually going there later this afternoon so. <laughs> nice. Blackbox. Um, but yeah there's just lots of lots of partners doing doing really interesting things and it, I mean it's kind of our our job is the tourism is to tell those stories yeah. Um, yeah. And, and to communicate that um, to get that reach farther, but it's what you mentioned is the the local community, um, Natalie, and that's one thing that I think the last year has kind of taught us. And I mean, you, you got to take with the wins where we can get wins, especially in a tough year. Um, but having those the locals, and I'm I'm sure we've seen it in many destinations, is being able to explore your own backyard again and, mm-hmm. and kind of reappreciate because sometimes it's like, oh, what's there to do here? You know, it's like, well, there's a lot to do. Wasn't that like the silver lining of COVID lockdowns? Like I was, I think I shared this on a previous podcast, but my family and I never visited so many provincial parks until 2020. Like every other week we were researching how to discover what's in our beautiful province. And we, before Mm -hmm. we'd jump in a plane and go to a beach or something um, to go away for a week, but now it's just incredible. And you have to look for the silver linings around things like global pandemics, um, to make us truly appreciate the land and what's right literally in your backyard, right? Totally. No, it's been it's been super great to see and just people really embracing the outdoors, I think, Warren. I'm like, mm-hmm. I'm not a self-proclaimed outdoorsy person. Um usually if there's like a cocktail involved, I could be <laughs> I could be roped into it. But even just cool seeing like uh, I live about a block away um from the river here, the South Saskatchewan River. And I mean there would always be people out there. Um but when it was like kind of during lockdown we me and my partner went down there one time and it was like not full because everyone was spaced out but there were so many people down there it was like good for everyone get some fresh air you know so it's it's totally <laughs> yes, the silver yeah. lining your your mom always told you get outside blow the stink off you right yeah. and uh <laughs> you know we we didn't have much of but i like what you had to say about the local communities being more invested and i think you know you're you're both correct in that we have to take these silver linings and we have to move forward. Um, and one of the one of the concerns that I hear now that we're coming out of knock on wood, the the pandemic and all the lockdowns is have we learned our lessons? Will these things stick? And um, how how do our how good is our memory? You know, or do you just go, are people just gonna be like, okay, we're back right. to normal? I, I do think that there's been a shift and maybe that's just like wishful thinking, but I do think that there has been a shift. Um, and even if it's just with like talking to like my clients right now, like I don't really think that need to go to a place that that is looking after their sustainability as a whole. I, I don't really see that going away. I mean, I guess we'll find out, but it's uh, yeah, I, I'm hopeful. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, you know, we've seen and heard all the headlines about reshaping and reinventing our industry. Um, but it, it kind of starts at home too, right? And the way we travel, the way we live, the lifestyle, it's just not forgetting the lessons learned and um, keep on going. You mentioned it earlier. You don't like the phrase, but it really is a journey, right? Mm-hmm. Learning about sustainability and living a more sustainable life 
and running sustainable businesses. It's a journey. The learning should never end. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know what? I'll be honest, guys. Though I'm, you know, I was in a couple of industry meetings, and and I kind of came away from those meetings. And these are people that haven't really embraced the sustainability side of events. Um, they're they're interested, maybe, but not committed. And and I was a little shocked at some of the behavior. You, you know, we were we were talking about offsite activities, and I was giving them some statistics on fast fashion. And one of the the planners said, "Well." can we go shopping, but then give a donation to, to a food bank? And, and I was kind of like, well, how is that reducing your carbon footprint? Right? right. So, you know, Jeffrey, I'd be interested to know how your perspective has changed. Cause I have a hard time being patient with, with people <laughs> who are doing, I know that shocks no one. What? Get out of here. What are you talking about, Natalie? <laughs> You're crazy. <laughs> um, who who just you know it, I I think at this point if you don't understand that we're in a climate emergency, then I mean it was it'll in nine days it'll be two years since Canada claimed that we were in a climate emergency. You know how are you dealing, Jeffrey, with those people that you come across that just you know seem to be on a different tack? They're like, woohoo, oil and gas forever. Yeah, that's a really tricky one. And I think there is, it's a fine balance of speaking the language of the person that you're talking to. Um, And it's not always easy. And sometimes you have to maybe, you know, I feel like everyone should want to make changes because we are in um, how just how dire it is. But I feel like sometimes shifting your language to, to what that person will, will find beneficial. So if you can you know, instead of being like, we're in uh, a climate crisis, we're maybe being like, okay, if we want to stay relevant as a brand or whatever industry this person is, just showing that there's the benefit of that for business. And I mean, is he doing it? Or is, is this person doing it for maybe what we deem the right reasons? Maybe not, but I mean, at least they're, they're doing it. So I think it's kind of positioning it to them in a way that they can consume it. Does that yeah. make sense? It yeah. reminds me, Nat, of what you always say when you're writing or presenting. Um, you have to speak to the person's head and heart. So the messaging that has to come across has to be, yes, it's scientific-based data we're telling you, but you also need to uh, yeah, appeal to that emotional um, plea that we have to protect our planet. So I think it's a balance. You're right. It's a fine balance in, in how the delivery comes across. And some people are, are, are more emotional. Some people are more... Um, Fact-based. Um, yeah, factual, of, yeah. analytical. So I think yeah. it's just being able to to tweak your messaging, which is, I mean, it's an art form for mm-hmm. sure. And I'm not saying that I have it. I feel like that's a, a goal. And as as kind of moving forward, I actually had a coworker who I was giving some statistics and she even said, she's like, this is consumable. Like I, I can, I get this and it's not coming across as like attacking, right. which is, I think sometimes people get a bit defensive too. Um, and it's, it's just trying to navigate that too, which is like easier said than done. Yeah. Yeah. For sure. Yeah. I, and you know, I was poking a little hard on that because yeah. I wanted to see what other, you know, of course we have to be conciliatory. I always talk about it as being the Canadian style of, of confronting 
things. Um, you know, it's, but you do uh, have to get your point across too, right? You can't just sugarcoat it all day. Like at, yeah. at the end of the day, <laughs> facts are facts. Um, no, no sugarcoating at TSEF. You can yeah. rest assured. <laughs> rest assured <laughs> well, <laughs> listeners. <laughs> Candace, Candace walks around with a big bucket of sugar to cover up my lemon, but you know. <laughs> Again, it's the yin and yang. <laughs> no, that's, that's just, you know, I think it's a balance. At the end of the day, I truly believe that people are inherently good and they really want to see a thriving future for the planet and for people. But what we need to be aware of is the delivery of how we get that across and providing them with the right support and knowledge, right? And resources, because that's that's what that's what we need, the resources, the know-how to, yeah. to just be be good and do good. <laughs> yeah. And I, I like what you had to say, um, Jeffrey, about different motivations, right? We, I come from an oil and gas background. Um, certainly that's something that has helped buoy the um, Saskatchewan um, economy. And, you know, it's, it's, it's understanding that people are always concerned with, am I going to be able to pay my mortgage? Am I going to be able to um, feed my family and and to live a comfortable life. And the reality is that the world is changing at a very rapid pace, and it's going to continue to change at a rapid pace. And that's going to be uncomfortable for a large segment of our population. And the sooner that we can make some changes, the the better off we'll all be. But we saw that in the pandemic that you know we're going to have to do the work for us plus one other because there will be people that. Are, are not in a position to make the changes as rapidly as we need to make them. And yeah, I mean, welcome to my family dinners, right? <laughs> yeah, it's and, just, it's and, not about t- talking about the change. It's about creating the change, right? And and I think it is always just having that voice. And like before, again, my sustainability journey, I, I was kind of stay in your lane, kind of mind your business. And And I think it's then once I saw the, I think it was through the pandemic too, of seeing the sustainability issues, I think it's something that you can't unsee. So I think there does still need to be that constant talked about just because then if you can change even one mind, you know, then they can become advocates and one day they might be on a podcast for sustainability, you (laughs) you know, so I I think it is still having that constant messaging um, is is really important as well. Yeah. Yeah, Yeah, it's absolutely. Yeah. So Jeffrey, we always like to sort of close off our podcast by asking our guests to share with our listeners, you know, one or two actions that they could take that would help them um, to be more sustainable, be it in their businesses or a lifestyle change. So we're uh, curious to hear what your suggestions are. Yeah, absolutely. Mine, uh, first and foremost, is definitely support local. Um, Not only is it good, I mean, you're not having those emissions um, to getting those products to you um, if they're, you know, the producer down the street. But then it also supports that local economy as well, which is so important, especially in the tourism industry, making sure it's a healthy visitor economy. Um, so supporting local, absolutely. And then this is what I learned in the from your team, actually, Candice, is turning off your camera and deleting your emails. Yeah. <laughs> so if your boss is like, where's that email? I like, I deleted it because I'm environmentally sustainable. <laughs> My emissions are down. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. Candice, if you're listening to this, that was a total joke. Um, yeah. Just yeah. kidding. I don't yeah. your emails. Don't worry. <laughs> so we shouldn't tell anyone that we turned off our cameras so we could drink that gin from Black Box Farm and Distillery. <laughs> okay, exactly. There's actually, I was kind of excited with no camera on. I was like, ooh, this is exciting. Um, but no, that was uh, those small things that you can do that, I wouldn't have like thought of it at all. So that was pretty cool. 
Um, So just little things you can do, but always support local. I wanted to circle back just because there was something, um, you know, Jeffrey, I'm always pushing like what's next. So for you on your personal sustainable sustainability journey. I, I know we'll have to come up with a better phrase for that, but right now it's what we're we'll using. We'll do some brainstorming. So, yeah, yeah. It, it will be a uh, black box farm brainstorming session in go. our near future. Um, what, what's your next sustainability goal? What do, yeah. what do you see yourself doing next? Because so, we always talk about, okay, we're here. Where? What's our next step? Absolutely. Um, definitely, there's there's a lot of work to do with our kind of internal team um, of where we want to go that we're still at kind of like the dreaming phase and, and really implementing that is going to take um, a lot of work. And it's it's finding that balance, I think, in, and I'm, I'm sure you guys know of what I would call my, my regular job versus like these kind of projects. Um, so kind of finding that balance, um, but then obviously continuing to work with you, um, you two lovely, lovely individuals. Um, cause I mean, <laughs> I've learned so much through you and that's not, not no flattery there either. Right. That's just, you guys are a wealth of knowledge. So it's great to work with you. Um, and then Natalie had sent over that, uh, that youth opportunity, um, for the NDC, the nationally determined contributor. So I'm going to look into that. Uh, I don't know if I'd classify as youth. I feel like that, that was maybe wishful thinking. But state of they, mind, Jeffrey, state if, of mind. If they'll take I, me in their youth program, then you know, an old person. You know, I would, um, we talk about the Climate Reality Project a little bit. I did it kind of a little bit on a whim, but I would certainly do the training if you can, Jeffrey. The training was okay. I mean, you know, they it, it was a lot of science, um, mm-hmm. certainly grounds you in the facts, but the network has been incomparable. Um, some great contacts and particularly at a local level. And I think, you know, Candace and I and you agree, we, we all know when we gather as TSEF, it's not about Candace and I, because if she and I go zero waste tomorrow, big deal, it affects nothing. We need millions of people to become more aware and to take those steps forward. And for every person that's not interested, the rest of us need to double down on our on our efforts until they see the light. And I'm gonna. Do you remember that great phrase that Ashley had? Um, oh yes, yeah. The fire phrase. I'm trying to. Yeah, remember it, it, some people see the light, and other people feel the fire. And totally. while we're here seeing the light we're going to have to try and make up for the people that have not yet seen the light, but who will feel the fire. Um, And so, you know, it's, it's always pushing forward, but Jeffrey, I would strongly recommend um, the training was, it was, it was pretty tough and you actually have to do some work. Like there's some work involved, but the, the people that I have connected with and the, the team out of Montreal for national or for uh, climate reality project, um, big shout out to Emily and Matthew. They've been fantastic. And what Dean Evangelou does with the um, national climate league, that, that stuff, I think that that would be very helpful for your destination. Definitely. No, that's, yeah, definitely looking in, into that. And then there's another, actually just stumbled across uh, another organization, the Regional Centre of Expertise on Education for Sustainable Development in Saskatchewan. Um, yeah. So I'm definitely going to reach out to them. And I, I think a large part moving forward is just continuing those relationships and those partnerships, yeah, uh, like you said, and, and kind of growing, growing that network 
because uh, yeah. that's how you learn. Yeah, yeah. it's amazing yeah. how many organizations are working on this, don't you think? Like, I'm always sort of surprised that this isn't more mainstream because there are so many pockets of people working on it. That's the thing. They're the silos, going back to that analogy, it's they're working, working, but not sharing the knowledge, mm-hmm. right? Number 17, partnerships for the goals. There you go. <laughs> absolutely. Absolutely. I love that you have them all memorized. Do you have a yeah. little cheat sheet there or do you have them memorized? Natalie, I would never. <laughs> well, Jeffrey, thank you so much for joining Natalie and I today. It's always a pleasure chatting with you and we're glad you're able to make some time out of your day to chat with us and share with us all the great information that Tourism Saskatoon is doing on sustainability initiatives. For our listeners, we will be linking Um, Tourism Saskatoon's website, as well as Jeffrey's LinkedIn profile, so you can connect with him and, you know, tell him we sent you. And we'll also link a few of the other local businesses he mentioned in this episode as well, you know, shop local. Thank you, Jeffrey. Have a great day. Awesome. Thank you so much, you both. Thanks for listening. You can subscribe to Planners for the Planet on iTunes, Spotify, or wherever you stream your content. You can reach out to us by emailing us at info at tsef.ca so that's info at tsef.ca and stay up to date on future episodes and events by following us on all the social media platforms although i will warn you we're not on facebook that much but you can just search for the sustainable events forum and we'll pop up thanks again for listening love to hear from you have a great rest of your day